Act Two of Don Juan, or The Feast with the Statue, by Molière, translated by Henri Van Laun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, A Landscape Near the Seashore. Scene One, Charlotte, Pierrot. By Jingo, Pierrot, you were there just in the nick of time. The bobs, they were within an ace of being drowned, both of them. Was it the great storm this morning that upset them in the sea? Look you, Charlotte, I shall tell you outright how it happened. For as the saying is, I saw them first, first I saw them. I was on the seashore, I and fat Lucas, and we were a-larking together with clods of earth that we threw at one another's heads. We very well know that fat Lucas likes to be a-larking, and so do I sometimes do. So as we were a-larking, well, we were a-larking, I perceived a distance of something that stirred in the water, and that came bobbing towards us. I looked fixedly at it, but all of a sudden I saw that I saw nothing more. Aye, Lucas, says I, I think that there are men a-swimming down there. Oh, says he. You've been at the burial of a cat. Your eyes are dazed. So death, says I, my eyes are not dazed. They are men. Now, now, says he to me, you are pure blind. Would you wager, says I, that I am not pure blind, says I, and that they are two men, says I, who are swimming straight this way, says I. Sniggs, says he, I lay a wager they are not. Well, come on, says I, I will lay you ten pence on it. Merry will I, says he. To show thee there is the money down on the nail, says he. It was neither a fool nor a gabby. I boldly threw down upon the ground four silver pennies and sixpenny worth of happiness as freely a faith as if I had drank off a glass of wine, for I am very venturesome and go on any way. Yet I knew what I did, howsomedever. I am not such a fool as I look. We had but just laid the wager when I saw the two men very plainly and made signs to us to come and fetch them. I take up the stakes. Come, Lucas, says I, you see that they call us. Let us go at once and help them. No, says he, they have made me lose. Then, to cut short my story, I went on so, and at last preached so much to him that we got into a boat, and then I made so much ado that I got them out of the water, and then I carried them home to the fire, and then they pulled off all their clothes and stripped to dry themselves, and then two more of the same gang came, who had saved themselves quite alone. And then comes Mathurine, and one of them cast sheep's eyes at her. And that is precisely, Charlotte, how all this has happened. Did you not say, Pierrot, that one of them is a great deal handsomer than the rest? Ah, he is the master. He must be some great, great man to be sure, for he has gold upon his clothes from top to bottom, and his servants are gentlefolks themselves. For always being a great man, he would have been drowned if I had not been there. Lock a day! Aye, indeed. If it had not been for us, he would have had his fill of water. Is he still at your house without his clothes on, Pierrot? No, no, they all put on their clothes again before us. Mercy on me, I never saw any of these folks dress themselves before. What a parcel of gimcracks these courtiers wear. I should lose myself in them, and I was quite flabbergasted to see them. Why, Charlotte... They have air which does not stick to the heads, and after all they put it on like a big cap of unspun flax. They have smocks with sleeves that you and I might get into. 
Instead of breeches, they have an apron as large as from this to Easter. Instead of doublets, they have little tiny waistcoats that do not reach to the middle. And instead of bands, a great neck handkerchief, all open-worked, with four large tufts of linen hanging down over their stomach. They have bands about their wrists, too, and great funnels of lace about their legs. And amongst all this, so many ribbons that it is a downright shame. The very shoes are stuffed with them from one end to the other. And they are made in such a fashion that I should break my neck in them. I fackens, Pierrot. I must go and see them. Oh, hark you, Charlotte. Stay a little first. I have something else to say to you. Well, tell me, what is it? Do you not see, Charlotte, that is the same years I must unbosom myself to you? I am in love with you. You know it very well. I am forced being married together. But, Spottykins, I am not pleased with you. How? What's the matter? The matter is, to tell the truth, that you vex my very heart. How so? Because by the powers you do not love me. Ho, ho, is that all? Aye, that is all, and enough too. Law, Pierrot, you always say the same thing to me. I always say the same thing to you because it is always the same thing. And if it was not always the same thing, I would not always say the same thing. But what do you want? What do you wish? Drat it. I would wish you to love me. Why, do I not love you? No, you do not love me, and yet I do all I can to make you. I do not mean to reproach you, but I buy ribbons for you of all the peddlers that come about. I risk my neck to go and fetch jackdaws out of their nests for you. I'll make the pipe play for you when your birthday comes. And all this is no more than if I ran my head against the wall. Do you hear? It is neither fair nor honest not to love folk that love us. But lock a day, I love you too. Aye, very much indeed. What would you have me do then? I would have you do as folk do when they love as they ought. Why, do I not love you as I ought? No, that is the case. Anyone can see it. People play a thousand little tricks to folk when they love them with all their heart. Look at Step Thomas, how smitten she is with young Robin. She is always about him to tease him and never lets him alone. She is always playing him some trick or other, or hits him a rap when she passes by him. The other day, as he was sitting upon a small stool, she comes and pulls it from under him, and down falls he at full length upon the ground. Zounds, that is the way folk do when they are in love. But you never say a word to me. You always stand like a log of wood. I may go by ye twenty times and you never stir to give me the smallest thump or to say the least thing to me. Upon my word, it is not fair, after all, and you are too cold for folk. What would you have me do? My temper is such and I cannot alter myself. Temper or no temper? When a body loves a body, one always gives some small inkling of it. I love you as well as I can. And if you are not satisfied with that, you must go and love somebody else. Why, there now. I've got what I bargained for. Zooks, if you loved me, you would not say that. Why do you come and worry me so? And what harm do I do you? I only ask a little friendship from ye. Well, let me alone then, and do not press me so. Maybe it will come all of a sudden, without thinking of it. Shake hands, then, Charlotte. Charlotte gives him her hand. Well, there. 
Promise me that you will do your best to love me more. I will do all that I can, but it must come of itself. Pierrot, is that the gentleman? Yes, that is he. Oh, lack a day, how nice he is. What a pity it would have been if he had been drowned. I shall come again presently. I shall go to take a pint to refresh myself a little after my fatigue. Scene 2. Don Juan, Scanarell, Charlotte in the background. We have failed in our plot, Scanarell, and this sudden squall has overturned our sloop, as well as the plan we had formed. But... To tell you the truth, the country wench I have just parted with makes amends for this misfortune. I have found such charms in her that they have effaced from my mind all the vexation caused by the ill success of our enterprise. This heart must not escape me. I have already disposed it in such a manner that I shall have no need to sigh long in vain. I confess, sir, you astonish me. We have hardly escaped from the jaws of death, and instead of thanking heaven for the mercy it has granted us, you labour anew to draw down its wrath by your usual whims and your amours. Seeing Don Juan look angry. Peace, rascal that you are. You do not know what you are talking of. My master knows what he does. Come. Don Juan, perceiving Charlotte. Ha! Whence comes this other country girl? Did you ever see anything prettier? Tell me, do you not think she is as handsome as the other? Certainly. Aside. Another fresh morsel. Don Juan to Charlotte. Whence this pleasant meeting, fair one? What? Are there in these rural spots amongst these trees and rocks persons as handsome as you are? As you see, sir. Do you belong to this village? Yes, sir. And do you live there? Yes, sir. What is your name? Charlotte, at your service. Ah, what a beauty, what piercing eyes. Sir, you make me quite ashamed. Oh, do not be ashamed to hear the truth. What do you say, Scanarel? Can anything be more agreeable? Turn about a little, please. Oh, what a fine shape. Hold up your head a little, pray. Oh, what a pretty face is this. Open your eyes wide. Oh, how lovely they are. Pray, let me see your teeth. Oh, how love-inspiring, and those provoking lips. For my part, I am delighted. I never beheld so charming a person. Sir, you are pleased to say so. I do not know whether you make fun of me. I make fun of you? Heaven forbid! I love you too well for that. I speak to you from the bottom of my heart. I am very much obliged to you if it is so. Not at all. You are not obliged to me for anything I say. You owe it to your beauty alone. Sir, all these words are too fine for me. 
I have not wit enough to answer you. Scannerel just cast a glance on her hands. Fie, sir, they are as black as anything. Oh, what are you saying? They are the fairest in the world. Pray allow me to kiss them. You do me too much honor, sir, and if I had known it just now, I would not have failed to have washed them with bran. Pray tell me, pretty Charlotte, are you married? No, sir, but I am to be very soon to Pierrot, our neighbor Simonetta's son. What? Should a person like you become the wife of a simple clodhopper? No, no, that would be a profanation of so much beauty. You were not born to pass your whole life in a village. No doubt you deserve a better fate. Heaven, which very well knows this, has led me hither on purpose to prevent this match and to do justice to your charms. For, in short, beauteous Charlotte, I love you with all my heart. It only depends upon yourself whether I shall carry you off from this wretched place and put you in the position you deserve. This passion is doubtless very sudden. But what then? It is owing to your great beauty. I love you as much in one quarter of an hour as I would another in six months. Really, I do not know what to do when you speak. What you say pleases me, and I should very much like to believe you. But I have always been told that we must never believe gentlemen, and that you, courtiers, are cozeners who think nothing but of making fools of young girls. I am not one of these. Not at all, not at all. Look ye, sir, there is no pleasure in being imposed upon. I am but a poor country wench, but I value honor above everything. I would sooner die than lose my honor. I have a soul so wicked as to impose on such a person as you? I should be so base as to dishonor you? No, no, I am too conscientious for that. I love you, Charlotte, virtuously and honorably. And to show you that I speak the truth, be convinced that I have no other design than to marry you. Can you have any greater proof? Here I am ready, whenever you please, and I call this fellow to be a witness of the promise which I make you. No, no, never fear. He will marry you as much as you please. Ah, Charlotte, I plainly perceive you do not yet know me. You do me great wrong in judging of me by others. And if there are rogues in the world, people who only endeavor to make fools of young women, you ought not to consider me one of them, and never doubt the sincerity of my love. Besides, your beauty is a guarantee for everything. When a woman is as handsome as you are, she ought never to entertain such fears. Believe me, you do not look as if you could be made a fool of. As for me, I protest I would stab myself a thousand times to the heart if I fostered the least thought of betraying you. 
Good heavens, I do not know whether you speak the truth or not, but you make people believe you. You do me justice, most certainly by believing me. I repeat anew the promise which I have made you. Do you not accept it? Will you not consent to become my wife? Yes, provided my aunt has no objection. Give me your hand, then, upon it, Charlotte, since you do not object. But at the very least, sir, pray do not deceive me. It would be a sin, and you see how honestly I act. What? You seem to doubt still my sincerity? Would you have me swear the most frightful oaths? May heaven... Bless me, do not swear. I believe you. Give me one little kiss, then, as a pledge of your promise. Nay, sir, pray, wait till we are married, and then I shall kiss you as much as you wish. Well, pretty Charlotte, I will do whatever you please. Only give me your hand, and let me by a thousand kisses express the rapture I am in. Scene 3 Don Juan, Scanarel, Piero, Charlotte, Piero, getting between them and pushing away Don Juan. Gently, sir, if you please, you're getting too warm. You may get a pleurisy. Don Juan, pushing away Piero roughly. What brings this impertinent fellow here? Piero, placing himself between Don Juan and Charlotte. Hold hard, sir, you must not kiss our wives that are to be. Don Juan. Pushing Piero again away. Ha! What a noise! Sir Death, people are not to be pushed thus. Charlotte, taking Piero by the arm. Let him alone, Piero. What? Let him alone? I will not, not I. Ha! Drat it, because you are a gentleman, you come here to caress our wives under our very noses. Go and kiss your own. What? What? Don Juan gives him a box on the ear. Don't it, do not strike me. Another. Hang it. Another. Sounds. Another. It's blood and wounds. It is not fair to be people. It's my reward for saving you from being drowned. Do not be angry, Pierrot. I will be angry, and you are a hussy to let him cozen you. Oh, Pierrot, it is not as you think. This gentleman will marry me, and you should not be in a passion. Ha! But you are engaged to me. That makes no matter, Pierrot. If you love me, should ye not be glad that I am to be made a madam? No, I would as soon see you hanged as see you and others. Come, come, Pierrot, do not fret yourself. If I am a madam, I shall make you gain something. You shall serve us with butter and cheese. Sounds. I shall never serve you with anything, even if you would pay me twice as much. Do not listen thus to what he says. This fish had I known this just now, I should not have taken him out of the water at all, but I would have given him a good rap upon the head with my oar. Don Juan, coming up to Piero to strike him. What is that you say? Piero, getting behind Charlotte. Dread it, I fear no man. Don Juan, coming towards him. Let me only get hold of you. Piero gets on the other side of Charlotte. I do not care, not I. Don Juan, running after him. We shall try that. Piero, 
getting anew behind Charlotte. Oh, I have seen many a man as good as you. What? Oh, sir, let the poor wretch alone. It is a pity to beat him. Placing himself between Don Juan and Piero and addressing the latter. Hockey, my poor lad, move off and do not talk to him. Piero, passing before Scannerel and looking boldly at Don Juan. I will talk to him. Don Juan lifts up his hand and intends to give Piero a box on the ear. Ha! I shall teach you. Piero ducks down his head so Scannerel receives it. Scannerel looking at Piero. Plague take the booby. Don Juan to Scannerel. That is a reward for your charity. Sounds. I shall go and tell her aunt of all her goings on. Scene 4. Don Juan. Charlotte. Scannerel. Don Juan to Charlotte. At last, I am going to be the happiest of men, and I would not change my happiness for all the world could give me. And what pleasures shall we have when you are my wife? And what? Scene 5. Don Juan, Charlotte, Matherin, Scannerel. Scannerel, perceiving Matherin. So, so. Matherin to Don Juan. Sir, what are you doing there with Charlotte? Are you courting her too? Don Juan, aside to Matherin. No. On the contrary, she told me she wished to be my wife, and I told her I was engaged to you. Charlotte to Don Juan. What is that Matherine wants with you? Don Juan, aside to Charlotte. She is jealous of my speaking to you, and would like me to marry her. But I tell her it is you whom I wish to have. What? Charlotte? Don Juan, aside to Matherine. All you can say to her will be of no use. She took this into her head. What then, Matarine? Don Juan, aside to Charlotte. It is in vain to talk to her. You will not get this whim out of her head. Would you? Don Juan, aside to Matarine. There is no possibility of making her listen to reason. I should like. Don Juan, aside to Charlotte. She is as obstinate as the devil. Really? Don Juan aside to Matherin. Do not say anything to her. She's a fool. I think. Don Juan aside to Charlotte. Let her alone. She is silly. No, no. I must speak to her. I will hear some of her reasons. What? Don Juan aside to Matherin. I will lay you a wager that she tells you that I promised to marry her. I... Don Juan aside to Charlotte. I will bet you anything that she will maintain that I have given her my word to make her my wife. Hark you, Charlotte. It is not right to meddle with other folks' bargains. It is not polite to be jealous because the gentleman speaks to me. The gentleman saw me first. If he saw you first, he saw me second and has promised to marry me. Don Juan aside to Matherin. Well, did I not tell you so? Matherin to Charlotte. Your humble servant, it was me and not you whom he promised to marry. Don Juan aside to Charlotte. Did I not guess it right? You may tell that to others if you please, but not to me. It was me he promised to marry, I tell you. You make fun of folks. Once more, it was me he promised to marry. 
There he is. He can tell you whether I am right. <laughs> there he is. He can give me the lie if I do not speak the truth. Did you promise to marry her? Don Juan aside to Charlotte. You're joking. Is it true, sir, that you have given your word to be her husband? Don Juan aside to Matherin. Could you entertain such a thought? You see, she affirms it. Don Juan aside to Charlotte. Let her alone. You are witness how positive she is. Don Juan aside to Matherin. Let her say what she likes. No, no, we must know the truth. We must have it decided. Yes, Matarine, I will have the gentleman show you your mistake. Yes, Charlotte, I will have the gentleman make you look foolish. Decide the quarrel, sir, if you please. Satisfy us, sir. You shall see. And you shall see, too. Charlotte to Don Juan. Speak. Matherine to Don Juan. Speak. What would you have me say? You both maintain that I have promised to marry you. Does not each of you know the whole business without any necessity for me giving any more explanations? Why should you oblige me to repeat what I have said? Has not the person to whom I really gave the promise sufficient reasons within herself to laugh at what the other says? And ought she to trouble herself, provided I keep my promise? All the speeches do not forward affairs. We must act and not talk, and facts prove more than words. Therefore, that is the only way in which I shall satisfy you. And when I marry, you shall see which of you two has my heart. Aside to Matherine. Let her believe that she will. Aside to Charlotte. Let her flatter herself in her own imagination. Aside to Matherine. I adore you. Aside to Charlotte. I am entirely yours. Aside to Matherine. All faces are ugly in comparison with yours. Aside to Charlotte. When a man has once seen you, he cannot bear to look at others. Aloud to both. I have some trifling message to deliver. I shall be back again in a quarter of an hour. Scene 6. Charlotte, Matherine, Scannerell. Charlotte to Matherin. I am the one he loves, however. Matherin to Charlotte. He will marry me. Scannerelle, stopping Charlotte and Matherin. Ah, poor girls, I pity your innocence. I cannot bear to see you run thus to your destruction. Believe me both, do not be imposed upon by the stories he tells you, but stay in your village. Scene 7. Don Juan, Charlotte. Matherin, Scannerell. Don Juan, in the background, aside. I should fain know why Scannerell does not follow me. My master is a knave. He only wishes to make fools of you. He has made fools of a good many others. He marries the old sex and... Seeing Don Juan. It is false. And whoever tells you this, you may tell him he lies. My master does not marry the old sex. He is no knave. He does not intend to deceive you, nor has he ever made a fool of anyone. Oh, stay. Here he is. Ask him yourself. Don Juan, looking at Scannervel and suspecting him of having said something. Yes? Sir, as the world is full of backbiters, I was beforehand with them. 
and I was telling these girls that if anybody should say anything wrong of you, they ought not to believe him, and be sure to tell him that he lied. Scannerell. Scannerell, to Charlotte and Matherin. Yes, my master is an honourable man. I warrant him such. Ahem. They are impertinent rascals. Scene 8. Don Juan, La Ramée, Charlotte, Matherin, Scannerell. La Ramée, aside to Don Juan. Sir, I came to tell you that it is not quite safe for you to be here. How so? Twelve men on horseback are in search of you. They will be here in a moment. I do not know how they have followed you, but I have learned these tidings from a countryman of whom they inquired, and to whom they described you. As there is no time to lose, the sooner you leave here, the better. Scene 9 Don Juan, Charlotte, Matherin, Scannervelle. Don Juan to Charlotte and Matherin. Urgent business obliges me to leave this place, but I entreat you to remember the promise which I made you. Depend upon it. You shall hear from me before tomorrow evening. Scene 10. Don Juan, Scannervelle. As we are unequally matched, we must make use of a stratagem and cleverly escape from the misfortune that pursues me. Scannerelle, you shall put on my clothes, and I... Sir, you are joking. To expose me to be killed in your clothes, and... Make haste. I do you too much honor. Happy is the servant who has the glory of dying for his master. Thank you for such an honor. Alone. As it is a case of death... Grant me a favour, O heaven, not to be taken for another. End of Act Two